Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. Welcome into another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. We've got a very traditional pandemic podcast where we're talking about one program that's paused because of the virus and another team that is playing really well in front of nobody. So I think it's <laughs> super exciting, Jack. Yeah, um, I don't think we've had a, a pandemic pod since our very first pandemic pod. Just because JMU is so different from, you know, the Power 5 schools where there's not really much going on at all. We covered it when it first happened. And now pandemic pod number two, I mean, men's basketball, the, the heartbreak of not playing Maryland. And I don't, I don't say that facetiously. I say that like legitimately I was heartbroken, paused right before the Maryland game. And now they're paused longer. Um, and on the flip side, women's basketball not paused but they are balling. Who have they beat? UVA, Mason. And GW yesterday on Wednesday. Yes. So they are making their rounds through Virginia. You could say that women's basketball runs the state of Virginia. Um, I'll say it. Women's basketball runs the state of Virginia. It's a reasonable argument. The Hokies this year are legit. I will say I wish that that was a non-conference game that could have happened or could happen sometime down the line this year because Virginia Tech, Kenny Brooks has them going. I think people expected Virginia Tech to get going maybe a little earlier in his tenure, but I think he's got them sort of to the levels JMU was at in terms of consistent winning. And O'Regan has stepped in beautifully. And it's it's kind of a, kind of a shock to me. And it's so unfortunate they haven't played an NCAA tournament under him because they're good enough and they've been good enough for like three years. <laughs> Well, let, let, let's break it down. They they ran into the buzzsaw of Elon his first two years when they was it Elon? Yeah, Elon was was pretty stacked there when they when Jamie was like pretty good, but Elon like rolled him. Yeah, yeah. In the that was the precious Hall year, and then the next year when Kamai was kind of taking over the team, yeah. and then the next year when everyone thought they had it in the bag, Kamai gets hurt, Lexi gets hurt. I feel like there was another big injury. And then Jackie Benitez just couldn't carry the team through the CAA tournament. I mean, they were like the one seed in that CAA tournament and they lost in the first round to Towson, I think. Yeah. It was like Madison green, I think also got hurt in in that game. So it was just super unfortunate. And even if they had gotten through the Hofstra game, I don't think they necessarily would have been able to beat some of the better teams in the conference playing with, you know, 
almost no one there. Health-wise, they ended up getting a little bit better, and that's why they, I think that was the year they made the WNIT run, right? They got that was the year that, um, yeah, because the WNIT looked at them, and they were the right, well, I know they're the regular season champions, which is the auto yeah. auto bid automatically. And they started getting healthy, and then they and were able to. We could talk about that WNIT run all we want, but I, it was weird to see Kamaya come back for a WNIT run like with her <laughs> wrist bandaged up and it's like I appreciate it but this is the WNIT like we're playing for the NCAA tournament next year let's not make significant damage to that wrist but everything happened right everything happened fine so in the end it's a win yeah and I think last year they probably would have cruised to the NCAA tournament honestly and then if they'd gotten in I think they had a chance to win games so it's just crazy unfortunate so hopefully they can have a chance this year because through five games, I'm very in on this team. Like they're the Buffalo surprisingly game. good. The Buffalo game, the first half was like the worst half. It's literally the worst half I've ever seen them play under Sean O'Regan. I think they were down like 33. Um, so statistically, I think it, it might also be the worst half that they've <laughs> that they've ever had. But they were good in the second half. They won the four other games. They were killing Virginia until UVA made a nice little comeback there late to make the score a little more competitive. Then they blew out George Mason took care of business against George Washington. George Washington, I think, coming into the game was allowing an average of like 55 points a game and JMU scored 79. So the Dukes, they run in transition to a point, if you're watching the game, you may become frustrated where it's like, just do one, please run a half court set one time. But they're they're fast, they've got so many guards. I told you, I told you to be patient with Peyton McDaniel. And I think you told yourself that. I think the it's first worse. podcast. I think you you were you were high on on McDaniel saying that one of the best players you've ever seen. And I think the next podcast you were low on her. And I think you told yourself <laughs> during your women's basketball rant to be patient. But just tell tell the the podcast audience what she has done because she did some historic things against George well, it was against George Washington, I believe. She did. It was a Mason was the thirty point game, so she was one of Mason, the, the few freshmen. I don't remember the exact number. I think it's three. I think it was three too. Yeah, that have scored 30 points as a freshman in a game. So she showcased some of the scoring ability. And I think I think you're right. I think on the last podcast, I, I can't remember if I had said this to you on the podcast or outside of the podcast <laughs> since we talk about stuff outside. But I was basically like, you know, I guess be patient with the shooting. But also there's a point where it's like if you're like two of 25, maybe shoot less. And I, I would say that I was wrong on that. I would say that Coach Joe was was smarter than me. She shot the ball 19 times against – Mason. She made 12 of them. She was six of nine from three. Scored the first five points of the game. Ends up with 30. And then she was unbelievably good, I thought, against uh, George Washington. She had 19 points, eight of 14 shooting. She led all players in terms of shots made and shots taken. She was showcasing like a really nice floater early. She got into the lane. And I had talked to you, I think, on the, the first podcast or something about how they commit an absurd number of charges. And I was like, please <laughs> stop driving into the lane and, and running people over. And Peyton McDaniel did a great job where she would drive into the lane, pull up, have a floater and sort of stop her body. And she was making those. So the way they've improved from like the couple early games, man, like this is a very exciting team. From what you've told me, this is very exciting, mainly because I'm unable to watch these women's basketball games. So I live through your texts. I mean, what a Wednesday tilt at, 3 p.m. it tips off. It just isn't isn't the, the prime watching spot for me. Um, but you, on the other hand, can completely take in these games, and I live for your texts throughout them. 
I have an incredibly flexible schedule where I just have to get my stories done based around interviews and can work, you know, if I'm doing stories from seven to 10 at night, it doesn't matter. So just crank out stuff at random hours of the day, which allows me to then watch these <laughs> four o'clock Wednesday <laughs> games, which is awesome. I bet I'm one of like 14 people who pays for Flow Sports One and then, then is actually it. and then is actually able to watch it. So it's crazy. But they're they're a team that I really, really like. They're playing well. Uh D off the Georgia Tech transfer had 13 rebounds. And the only senior assists. on the team. Yeah. And she's been solid. She's just like a glue player in the post who adds and, some some depth there with Rain Tucker. So you know, as John Rothstein would say, a glue guy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But man, I really like the roster. I think they're loaded and the fact that they have so much you know, underclassmen experience and talent is really good. But and then obviously Kiki Jefferson is a stud. She had a career high 23 against GW. I didn't realize she hadn't gotten that high before. Thank you for bringing this up. But I think it's... I saw that tweet and I was like, there's no way this... Tw like 23 points is a lot of points. But at the same time, I was saying mm -hmm. and I was like, she's had to have had more. It wasn't even a tie of career high. It was like a career high. That was just crazy to me that like yeah, the, granted she was playing with Kamai and Lexi last season, so she's some shots she won't be taking last season compared to this year. But man, she's a great player and for twenty three points to be her career high means she's really good at dishing the ball out too. Yeah, she does a little bit of everything. I think that's why she's so good. She led the team yesterday with three steals. She had a team high three assists. So she does pretty much everything. She didn't do too much on the boards yesterday, but just six of nine shooting. I mean she scored 23 points on nine shots, got to the free throw line a lot. So she's super efficient. And I think that's part of it where if like McDaniel, I think probably has more of a, a green light, um, not from O'Regan, but I think like internally where she catches it, she sees an open shot and like, bam, like she's putting that thing up. I think Kiki maybe is a little less where she kind of uh, maybe probes the defense just a little bit more. So different styles a little bit there. But I think that is kind of why McDaniel um, when she gets it going, she can drop 30 where Kiki can have like a 20 and five and five game. I'm very interested to see how this team kind of grows over the next couple of weeks going into conference play, into conference play on how they do transition offense and how they do set half, half court sets and things like that. Cause you said they run transition so much and you're just kind of like, slow it down. Let's breathe. Let's use some shot clock. Let's use some game clock. I'm really interested to see if if that if that's part of coaching where Coach O is just like, we're going to use our athleticism, go out and run, or if they're working in practice when they get that defensive rebound and they see someone on the run out, sometimes they might just slow things down. Because I feel like that could have contributed to the UVA comeback a couple games ago is that you just keep running out, and if your shots aren't dropping, you only took, what, seven seconds off of the shot clock, and you're just not using it that much, and then all of a sudden – UVA essentially has the entire fourth quarter to just kind of chip away at the lead. Be interesting to see how that one plays out with everything going on. And yeah, it's a pandemic team. It, it is a perfect pandemic team. The other thing that's like super weird and I don't know the exact logic behind it other than maybe like wanting players to uh, be able to go home for break or if there's, rules about what Jane likes to play. Um, they play West Virginia on the 13th, which is Sunday. And then they start conference play on January 1st. They do not play a game in between that. So they go from December 13th to January 1st without playing, at least based on what the schedule says right now. Um, 
which is a long time, right? That's a really long time to, to not play going into conference play. So I'm interested to see in terms of local coverage, whether it's the Breeze or Shane Matlin or whatever, if they talk to them about, um, or, or even TV stuff about, you know, how they're handling that, what the practices are like, when they do practice, if they go home, all that good stuff, because it's a long time to go without it. And I'm curious because they are still growing as a team because they're all super young. I'm also curious if even if they're allowed to go home, it would depend on when he, when you would let him home because I've been digging into the weeds on this just because Vir, Virginia men's basketball, which I cover, is paused. Um, so the Virginia Department of Health sort of changed the quarantine rules um, after positive tests, which I imagine would sort of be the same as uh, if you go out to wherever you go out and come back in, you probably want to quarantine. You can do it in a week as long as you're getting negative tests at the end of that week, basically. So you don't have to do a 14-day thing. Okay. So I was wondering, I was wondering, I don't think you can do it then. I don't, if you have Christmas and then come back, I don't think you can do it. So I think you probably have to be in Harrisonburg for Christmas, but I think you might be able after the 13th, maybe you go home from like the 14th to 20th or something. And then, or, or even less, I don't know. You could go until 20, you could go, you'd have to get back in theory seven days before the 31st. Right. But then you would also hypothetically, or you would assume that you would want um, post quarantine down practices. So ah. You probably have to do. You probably <laughs> you probably have to do it sooner. Otherwise, you're taking like two weeks away from conditioning. They might also not go home at all and just just literally stay in Harrisonburg. Like I don't know how that works. I wish. It, that, not I wish. I wonder. Looking at the schedule that was released, what four weeks ago, right before the season started, their non conference schedule. I wonder if there was a game or two in there. I can't remember if there was a, a change there. I think this is pretty close to what it what it looked like but i could be wrong i also wonder if there's like an outside possibility you add a random team to like virginia december Tech. 19th or <laughs> that'd be sweet virginia <laughs> virginia Tech would be such a good matchup but if you can let me look up their schedule but if you can add um you know any team on the 19th or 20th or whatever it looks like that is not likely i think they actually play uva virginia tech on the 20th okay but so if you were Let's you, <laughs> just say that you beat UVA and be like, hey, like if you want to, I guess they can't because it's a conference game. But I don't know. I wish they were able to. I don't know if they'll actually be able to, but if they could add an opponent, it'd be, it'd be kind of cool. But we'll see yeah. what happens with that. But the West Virginia game on Sunday, West Virginia plays number seven Baylor tonight on Thursday. So depending on when you're listening, that game might be over. But they're 4-0 right now. They got a win over Tennessee, a 20-point win over LSU. They're really good. West Women's Virginia team? is really good. West Virginia, yeah. So if if you're um, if you're JMU playing that game on Sunday, I think they'll they'll definitely be an underdog. But I'm really interested to see how they play against what appears to be a really competitive and good team in West Virginia. Not that Buffalo is not a good team, but I think the Buffalo game showcased more of like JMU just laying an egg for a half. And I think it'll be interesting to see because, like, if Jamie brought their A game, the full game against Buffalo, they can win. Um, if they bring their A game against West Virginia, I don't think it's it's like a guarantee that they would win that game. Yeah, the the West Virginia game kind of feels like a Maryland game from last season. Yeah, it's kind of Which, a barometer of where are you in the national scale of things. Yeah, it's nice to to have one of those, right? Because that's it's <laughs> the only one they're able to get. It looks like so. Yeah, uh, talking about so, barometer games. Men's basketball had one against Maryland. Dude, they're going to put on a show. Rumor has it. 
I don't know if are you ready to move over to men's basketball? I am. That was that was all I had for women. They're really good. They're playing really well. The West Virginia game is a test, and I am low key devastated that we're going like eighteen days without them on the court, especially with the men in pause. Like, are we going eighteen days without anything? So, uh, man, what was my point? I had a funny point. I lost it. Was it the barometer game, or was it was different? It was different. It was about. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it was, man. It was going to be great. Insert the laugh audience here because that's where it would have come from what what, what I was going to say. But the barometer game, <laughs> men's basketball had it against Maryland. Yeah. And what, 24 hours? Not less than 24 hours before tip off. Men's basketball pauses. Jamie, men's basketball pauses. They missed the game and now they are in more of a pause. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> like, it's not good. Obviously, you, the main focus is, like, you want everybody healthy, for sure. So yeah, I think but from that's... our point of view, play. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> exactly. It just – it also stinks. It just stinks for them. Like, yeah, it seems almost inevitable that you're going to get a pause this season, right? Because, like, a pause literally just means, like, one dude gets it. Yeah. They're probably pausing because of contact tracing. There's no real way – uh, I don't think you can pull the NFL thing where like Des Bryant is like hugging former Cowboys players and you're like, there were no close contacts. That like, it made just a complete quick side tangent before we get too deep into men's basketball. That made zero sense. You're telling me the man who traveled with the team in a plane and was warming up in the locker room, everything, there was not a single close contact with him. Well, like the it was either the NFL or the Ravens. I think it might have been the Ravens. Uh, like PR guy had posted a, a photo of him like hugging Cowboys players, which he then deleted. But it was like everybody screenshotted this. Like they saw this man. Like how are you saying that they're? It's just a lie. It's and then the funniest part was then Des being like upset about it. That was he tweeted through it for sure. And it was just like, bro, why are you upset? Like. You tested positive. Like, this isn't like the NFL suspending you for something stupid. Like, they just said, you got to sit this one out, man. Like, I understand all, like, the emotional implications I, of the game. But then he's like, all right, I just retire then. Why? I you think, just tested positive. Like, it's fine. It's It was something. I think that was what, what frustrated him. But also then the fact that they didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, when he was like, you're telling me nobody was a close contact and, like, because if Lamar Jackson has that happen on game day, if Patrick Mahomes has it happen on game day, do they play the game? Or are they like, oh, there were close contacts? I don't know. Maybe they still play it. Maybe the NFL is just so weirdly obsessed with the nonsensical point that they have yet to cancel a game that they will literally just play when people have been exposed and be like, we're doing it. Or they'll play an entire game with a team that doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah, insane. Literally insane. Okay, so back to anyway. To men's basketball. Sorry about that complete well, side tangent. No, no, but it's the uh, the health is obviously your number one concern. Yes. You think a pause is coming. I don't like if you're looking schedule wise, it's probably the worst. I would rather. I don't know if JMU would rather. As a fan, <laughs> I think you would much rather have JMU play Maryland, Old Dominion, and George Mason than any conference game. I would rather miss. Also, the way the conference is is set up, where it's bang, bang, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, or whatever it is, right. each weekend. In theory, 
you'd test positive on say Thursday and then you would miss that weekend of games, but you'd be able to make it back for the next, like next weekend in theory. Right. I got a sneeze coming. Bless you, sir. But the problem with the non-conference schedule is that they're like so weirdly spaced out where Maryland was this day and then three days later and then George Mason paused down here. So you're already missing this game. Like, the timing of it all is terrible. And, like, I would have much rather have seen JMU get blown out by 20 against Maryland than them get a seven-point win against UNCW. And the thing that's perhaps most frustrating is, like, at least the way I've read this is none of these teams have any plans to make these games up. Like, they're canceled. Yeah, the, I mean, I understand that. Like, it's a non-conference game. It literally means nothing in the grants. Maryland coming to JMU – was practically a favor to JMU, essentially. Like, 100%, yeah. That game can only hurt Maryland's at-large chances. <laughs> like, there's no way that game helps Maryland's at-large. They win by 20, the committee would be like, well, why didn't you win by 50 type of thing? Like, there's no way Maryland's going to be like, okay, it was postponed. We'll make it up right before the... the, the... They just... Yeah, they just wanted to play a basketball yeah. <laughs> And JMU happened to have an arena they were willing to let him in. But, like, not playing Old Dominion stinks. Not playing George Mason stinks because those are both semi-winnable, at least. The this Mason is the year we would have swept them. It's just – it's a tough scene. It's a tough scene. And then the, the pause going longer is, is frustrating. And the thing about college basketball, and I guess we can get into sort of the broad thing related yeah. to JMU, is that, like, a pause doesn't – it doesn't mean it's over. Like yeah. a pause doesn't mean like, okay, we've gotten through it. Cause if you have, I think they what had two positive tests total, maybe. The last I saw, but this was very outdated. It was probably like five days ago was one isolated incident and they've been contact contact tracing. And then they had the additional positive like okay. yesterday. Okay. So I get, I think it would be two. They had and an then, additional positive. So I think it's, it's and then two preseason positive. you had Christmas, right? Who tested positive? So I, he was quarantined at least. Or, okay. So he was I, I think quarantine means maybe he was close contacted. I guess but they had someone, really they did sad. have someone, they did have someone, maybe they were just saying quarantine. Quarantine typically is like the contact and then isolate is the, yeah. it's all very confusing. But they did have someone, I think, preseason. So you're looking at like three, but like, it can still happen again where you have another one later in the season and you pause. So it's just like, it's going to be hard because so far they've missed, what is it? It's a, it's a bunch of games. It's you've got Old Dominion, you lost, Maryland, you lost, the Carolina University games already lost, Coppin State lost, George Mason lost. You're looking at like four or five games that you're losing. They're supposed to play East Carolina on December 19th. Seems unlikely if you're pausing for another week and you haven't practiced for two weeks. I don't think you go to East Carolina without practicing I think like you, I think I think they might though. Like just the way the season's <laughs> shaking out, like because that's one of the last games before conference. But then they've also got Florida on the twenty second. I, I don't know if they think can, the Florida game's happening. <laughs> if VCU happens, I think they'll play try to play Florida for sure. I, I mean, yeah, but at the same, that's so weird. that's so weird that they're going to travel all the way down to Florida for a game. Hey, they're traveling to North Carolina for the ECU game. So it's I mean, it's all. Super. We'll see what they're able to do, but I don't know. It's like it. It sucks. Like it's a not a great situation. It's a pandemic, and I think it also brings up the point that you know Coach K is making, and other people are making that like, can you just delay the season more? Like, because it's it's a struggle, especially for a team like JMU. That's like they played three times. They haven't played in December. They might not play in December. Like they could go an entire month without a basketball yeah. game. 
Yeah. So I mean, it it kind of it's a question that I I asked you before we hit record on the podcast, but now I want to ask you on the podcast. It just seems like every day there's four more programs that are going on pause, and we haven't seen any huge program. I mean, we've seen Gonzaga, but in the grand scheme of things, Gonzaga isn't a Duke. It's not a Kentucky. Do you think we're going to see this season out? Like, as as sad as that sounds, it just feels like – I don't know if we're just in the, the dark days of it all where people are coming together. Like, the season has kind of just started, so of course we're going to see more pauses. But it just feels like every day there's more pauses. Do you think we're going to see this season out? I think the season's definitely going to end, and they're going to play an NCAA tournament and have a national champion. But like you're saying, like, a lot of teams are in pause. UVA, reigning national champion, still they're in pause. <laughs> Um, and they're they'll be at, that in. <laughs> to get that in. They'll be out for at least a, a week based on sort of the Virginia Department of Health stuff. I think that helps that if you can come back like William Mary pause. Yeah. But William Mary only paused, <laughs> only paused for um, about a week because of the new like CDC guidance. You can do that. So they have one positive and pause for like a week. But a bunch of the CAA teams have had some issues. Um, even even bigger schools have had issues. I don't think it like I don't know if some of these mid majors are going to be able to grind through the way they think they are. Yeah, like I could see teams losing plenty of games. I think it makes more sense because it seems like there's going to be at least um, vaccine distribution for like high risk people starting in December and then sort of trickling down to where you might get uh, the more I don't want to say normal, but the more like less high risk people, just like the normal population, getting getting these um, the vaccines and like. March-ish, April, in that area. Like, I don't see the, the issue with, like, a May madness instead of a March madness. It seems like it'll be safer. You'll be able to get the games in, which is kind of a huge thing. So if they push pause for, like, a month or two, I think it would it could make sense. I don't know if they'll actually do it, and maybe they'll do it in February when they're, like, I actually, like, I think Mark Titus has said this on, like, the Titus and Tate podcast. And it's an interesting point. Is like bring him up. FCS when, fans do not like him. <laughs> when, the, uh, when the Super Bowl ends in February and they've gotten through all the football, do you think people will be like, wait a sec, sports aren't that safe and the vaccine's coming in like a month? And then will they pause it because basketball doesn't have that same push or drive, at least at the college level, compared to, to football? Would they I, stop for a month? I, I, I don't know, because I feel like the NBA will then be getting going. And if the NBA is able to do it, I feel like the attention would shift to them and just kind of like never miss a beat. Could they pause, though? And even if the NBA doesn't, I wonder if you're like going into conference tournaments, if you're like not able to play those, if you're these programs, would you want to stay? All right, let's let's take a pause. Let's start back up in like March, play a game or two before the conference tournament, play your conference tournament. And then you've got this like late April, May madness with everybody for the most part like vaccinated so here was as you were saying all of this made me think you could almost do the pause right before the conference tournaments like right when your conference ends because i feel like a conference tournament is almost a super spreader event you're playing in one arena over the course of multiple days and if one team gets it you could be looking at all of a sudden the acc's done at least for yes. a week, but like even with March Madness, like it, it's all like just the fact that you're all in one area and each team's playing each other, like boom, 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 boom. And I know there'd be enhanced safety measures and everything like that, but, but 
if they don't delay, do you think conference tourneys will happen? That's going to be the issue, I think, is when you get into, like, the way college basketball does postseason games. Because, like, when JMU pauses here and they cancel five games, that's fine. If JMU is in the conference semifinals and has to pause for a week, do you think they're going to be, like, forfeiting games? Hell no. Nobody's going to, like, willingly forfeit. And they're going to be, like, with these other – just the way – and, again, I know there's enhanced safety measures, but it's still – you're all in the same enclosed area. You're all in the same arena, at least when it comes to like these mid-majors who go to these random schools like um, arenas, you're all right there. You're sharing the same locker room and you can only clean so much. Like if JMU gets it and then all of a sudden Towson gets it and then those are your two semi of your four semifinal teams, one in each bracket just is knocked out. Like, as, as I'm talking out it more, it just makes sense to kind of finish the regular season, finish your conference season, hit pause, and then restart in a month or two later when there's a vaccine. Fingers crossed that the vaccine gets properly distributed and everything when there's a vaccine and then restart with your conference tournament leading into March Madness or May Madness or whatever madness. I think there's a very decent argument to be made that it, that it would work. I don't know if we'll actually do it. That's my... Yeah, thing that I find really interesting. It's like, is there any chance they actually no go through with this thing? And it probably not. Probably not at all. Not. We're but just I, talking I think, at this point to hear ourselves talk because the NCAA will not change. But I think there's some value there. I think that's a really smart idea. And and Titus and Tate and what you said, and I think especially what I said. I think what I said was probably the best part of it all. <laughs> I think what you said was fantastic. Yeah, for sure. How do I do you doing? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Computer. I'm really worried this has the visual. <laughs> Why are you covering everything? <laughs> no, it doesn't have video. Oh. Oh, shit. Okay, okay, I'm back. I think I'm muted. My nose is stuffy. You got the COVID, bro. Yeah, I do. All right, we'll see how this goes. I tried to pull the LinkedIn thing and just have it in the background. Okay. Start from the bottom. Where were we? COVID. NCAA not making any changes? Yeah. Well, the NCAA is a bunch of stinkers. I'm going to so keep that in. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I think, yeah, it's it's going to be weird. It just stinks as if you're a JMU fan and in this first season under Mark Bynes, and it's kind of not going the way you you hoped. I think it also just stinks if you're a mid-major fan just because they don't, like, on a sad and real note, like, they don't have the money. They don't have the resources that these Power Five and these these college basketball just behemoths of Kentucky and Duke and – Florida and just naming off every big school like mid-majors don't have the resources JMU doesn't have the ability to test as often they don't have all these other abilities and who knows if at in the end of it all mid-majors are pushed out almost for March Madness this season and it's just filled with blue bloods like that could be another option and the NCAA probably would rather do that than suspend everything or or hit the pause button 
because the mid-majors aren't bringing in the money. They're bringing in the stories like John Moran a couple years ago. And what was it? This and uh, Obi Toppin this year with Dayton. But like, that's not where the money is. And they would rather just fill probably a 32 team bracket of just blue bloods to play. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's super strange and, and we'll obviously see what happens, but it's going to be wild. It's going to be interesting. I hope they're able to play as much as they can, but I, I have some very serious doubts. So same fingers crossed, fingers crossed that they can eventually unpause, get back and hopefully play East Carolina and Florida, but it's going to be kind of tight uh, for the men's team. So that stinks because they had some big games lined up, but the women's team is rolling. That's a positive, but yeah, the pandemics are a real thing. And as I say, the women's team is rolling. Um, you know, women aren't immune to this, so they could also pause <laughs> very, very quickly. And I, I was kind of surprised that they didn't pause. Yeah, I think it's it's tough when you've got not a whole lot going on. There aren't many people on campus, and I think there are some uh, friendships, I guess you could say. No, but there are like relationships, I think, between men's and women's basketball players, whether it's friendships or dating or whatever. So I think when you have that, um, I guess kudos to the women's team for somehow avoiding this, despite, you know, probably interacting with the men's team a decent amount, I would think. I don't know exactly how the, the protocols work, but I imagine you don't completely cut off contact, especially if you're using the same facility. So yeah, good for them. Keep rolling and, and hopefully no more, <laughs> no more postponements and cancellations. I was told that COVID was going to end on uh, November 4th. I was also told this. So I'm rather shocked. I'm kind of surprised that what is it December 10th and we're still dealing with this. Yeah. Well, West Virginia is about to have to deal with Kiki Jefferson. So good luck to them. <laughs> really excited for that game. I didn't realize West Virginia was playing this well. Give me your prediction, your score prediction, JMU WVU who wins score. Boom. I hate to do it. I hate it. They beat Tennessee, which has me like, whoa, but Tennessee hasn't been a great women's program for the last couple of years. But how are they this year? You tell me you have their schedule pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me pull it up and then I'll make my determination. They beat someone else too. I would assume so. Women's No, like somebody like a power. LSU. Well, I don't know if LSU is. Tennessee is unranked. So is JMU. Yeah, well, that's a travesty. They're number eight in a random mid-major poll. Um, Tennessee is? Oh, it went to overtime. Tennessee, West Virginia. That changes it a little bit. <laughs> don't know how, but it definitely changes it a little bit. I turned off this thing. I got too scared. Woo! All right, hold on. Hold on, folks. It's coming up. It's coming up. LSU schedule. Oh, they're 0-3. Oh, my gosh. LSU's terrible. Okay. All right, give me the Dukes and the upset win. I should have answered this after after West Virginia plays Baylor, who's ranked number seven, but I won't because that's not how this works. You can't just give me your score prediction. Score prediction. Oh yeah, JMU upset win, <laughs> seventy-one to sixty-eight. Kiki Jefferson twenty-two points. Pate McDaniel fifteen points. Brandon okay, you don't Tinsley have to go point by point. Tinsley plays well. Uh, Dioff snags eight rebounds. And also, we haven't talked about this enough. Sean O'Regan is yoked. Like, this man has been lifting during quarantine. Like, this guy is popping. Either he's wearing smaller shirts or he is popping out. Sean O'Regan absolutely shredded. 
Like the dude does not skip bicep curls. I just want you to know that is definitely going to be a pull quote hyping up this podcast. <laughs> he is, man. This dude doesn't get enough credit. Like he's putting in work in the weight room. <laughs> like legit. People don't talk about it enough because I guess he's like, oh, he's won 100 some games or whatever, which is cool. But he's probably won 100 games because he's walking around the sidelines. Not the tallest guy in the world, but, you know, if you run, it, run into Sean Reagan on the street, might cross the street. You know, like guys got an intimidation factor going. And on that note, you want to hit the Shantwell special before we get up out on here? Oh, yeah, 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 the Shantwell special. Also, it's a disgusting disgrace that there aren't like – well, I haven't really researched it that much. There aren't like women's basketball college lines readily available. Yeah. Stupid. All right. Anyway, Shantwell special. Let's do UVA-Virginia Tech. UVA is an underdog in that game. Take them to win just because they're playing well. And it's a take rivalry. the points or take the money line? Take the money line. It's like two and a half points for Virginia Tech, which has lost four in a row. Um, Hendon Hooker left the last game because he was like having kind of scary shakes because he was too cold and it's a night game. So I don't know. Maybe he'll just try to get warmer. It did, none of it made a lot of sense. But Is he, was, he okay? Like, can he just not handle cold temperatures? I don't know because I'm sure he has been in the cold before in his life. But he was, uh, I don't know, it was kind of scary. It looked like he was having like a convulsion, but it, was, it turns out it was just really cold shake. So they don't really know who's going to play a quarterback. Their other quarterback also got a little banged up. I think he's good to go. But like That's Virginia's won four in a row. Virginia Tech has lost four in a row. It's at Virginia Tech, but there's nobody there, basically. Like there's no one really allowed there. I think Virginia's going to find a way to win because they're a better team. Okay, UVA beat writer, I have a question for you. When was the last yeah. time UVA won back-to-back games against Tech? It was in, it was like 1997, 98. Okay. Yeah. That's so how old I am. That's the last time they won in Blacksburg was 98. What better year to win in Blacksburg when the Hokies have lost four games in a row and they're playing in front of like 250 fans though. <laughs> Sets up nicely. So I think that is a value play. Okay. And then we need another one. <laughs> Oh, I really liked um, Wake Forest as like an underdog against Louisville. I love the ACC lines this week. Wake Forest, so does Shanwell, who gave me these picks. Wake Forest started as a four-point underdog. They haven't played in like close to a month. Yeah, but they have a couple big upset wins this season. And by a couple, I can only think of Virginia Tech. Yeah. And they they lost to North Carolina 59 to 53 in a game they very much should have won. So their offense is legit. They did have one of their best running backs just opt out, but their offense is still legit. Got a, some pretty good depth. They're only a one-and-a-half-point underdog now. The line has moved a lot. Louisville is dealing with, like, that uncertainty because Scott Satterfield, like, interviewed at South Carolina and then made a bunch of comments that were, like, kind of questionable about how, like, players don't have to worry about their families and coaches have to make decisions because they have a wife at home, basically. Wait, I thought South Carolina hired Shane Beamer. They did not hire Satterfield, but he, like, spoke to them, and Louisville fans were mad. So it's become, like, a distraction for them they're distracted not playing well they've had some guys opt out and leave kind of banged up they can't stop a nosebleed i think wake forest wins that game take the money line yeah we know how uh we know how distractions affect football teams colgate mike houston yeah exactly exactly all right we got to do the two nfl games here shantwell had the lions winning last week is that correct Yeah, no, you took, yeah, Lions minus one and a half. Guess who won? 
The Detroit Lions. They won by four. Or the other picks. Oh, wait, I lied. Right? You took Lions money, money line that week. Well, they won. They won. <laughs> it sounds like I bet on the Lions a lot. I mean, Shamble does. <laughs> you have uh, – what did I write down? I had Lions. Was this the Oklahoma State week last week? Yeah, minus like, two and a half. I think they – What happened there? I don't – I think they lost. What? Oklahoma State football. When was this game? It was Saturday. 12, oh, they did lose. Well, what was the other one? Liberty plus seven. They didn't play because of COVID. That was a surprise. I thought BYU was going to roll. I was shocked. I was shocked. I'm not a Coastal fan. I don't like Coastal. I thought that was so Bush League what they did to Zach Wilson before the half. It's football. No, no, no. You know it's not. You know if you you don't like it, stop it, bro. (laughs) If you don't like getting mauled by two guys weirdly after a play, man, then do something about it, you know? I guess they did. They got into kind of a scuffle. Like, I appreciate everything Coastal stands for. Like, I know they're the weird guys. They're the mullets and everything. But that was just, like, a little – It'd be sweet if Coastal played somebody. They played BYU and won. No, like, somebody. Like, give me Coastal against a Power Five, and let's see the chippiness. Let's see if, like, they played a real team. Which I guess if they – like if they not, play, not but, even that much, just like a power five team that like is used to that. Like I think BYU has had a soft schedule, so I think yeah. maybe they're a little flustered by this. But are they going to get? Is Coastal going to get the like G five, whatever that is? No, I think Cincy still has a better chance of getting the G five. Oh right, I forgot spot. about Cincy. So is Coastal still going to have some soft bowl game? Yeah, that's so annoying. They might get a New Year six. They play. I think that I could see them losing to Louisiana Lafayette in the conference title game. They barely won that the first time. I don't. I. I'm totally. I really like BYU. This has them playing Marshall. That would be infuriating if they played Marshall. Marshall's a great defense, but such an ugly offense. I just need them one time to play a P five. Okay, but give me your uh, two NFL Shantwell picks. This is nonsense. Okay, um, my two NFL Shantwell picks. Great question. Well, first, that's kind of crazy. Um, let's see. Let's see what he likes here. I'm trying to remember what he told me. Seattle's a 13 and a half point favorite. Hammer the Jets plus 13 and a half. The Jets are the worst team yet. Seahawks can't win. <laughs> Who was your other? Oh, um, I think I only did one. Or did I do a second? UVA and Louisville. Who was Wake Forest? Yeah. Was that Wake Forest money line or the points? Wake Forest money line against Louisville. Okay, and now NFL. I'd I'd say Hammer Jets plus thirteen and a half. Seattle hasn't won by fourteen, and did they play the Jets? I like. They haven't won by fourteen all season. Take uh, New Orleans minus seven over Philly. Sorry, Jalen Hurts. Don't like Philly at all. Don't like Philly at all. And I like Dallas minus three and a half against Cincinnati. I think the Cowboys understand what's at stake. There's no Joe Burrow. Andy Dalton has been playing out of his mind. I don't think it's 
No, I don't think so. But uh, look, they lost to the Ravens by by a lot, right? And I think that humbles the team. I do. I think that humbles the team. So I think they're dealing with a little humble pie. They have a short week of rest, which is always good. Never want to have too much rest. So I like Dallas. Shamwell likes Dallas. Don't look now, but the NFC East top two teams are winning games. Yeah, I still have my doubts about both of them. I don't actually think one of them is going to win a playoff game, to be honest with you. I don't think either is going to win a playoff game because right now it's looking like, and I know I just trashed on Seattle big time, but it's looking like they're going to play Seattle in the wild card and like the well, Giants. Seattle, what was that? Seattle's not going to lose to like the Giants twice. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like if they play the Washington and they play the, they play the Washington football team in a couple of weeks too. So like they're not going to lose to a team twice. They're probably not going to lose the Washington football team against in a couple of weeks. But what I'm like, they just made stupid decisions in the Giants game. Like, yes, the Giants did win that game because they schemed really well with the two high safeties and they took away deep shots from Russ and they got in his face with a good D line. And that's really all it takes to, to kind of rattle Russ we've seen this season is if you can get pressure on him. He's easily rattled. Honestly, that, yeah. <laughs> Matthew Stafford has the highest QBR in the league against the Blitz, against no Blitz. He's got the highest QBR in the league against any defense. Hey, talk to me when he has a playoff win this season, though. And this isn't true. This isn't true in terms of his QBR. <laughs> but if you look at the heart that he shows weekly, his HBR, his heart, I don't know what the other stuff even stands for. Back rating. Okay, so his eight, his heart rate. If you just look at his heart rate, stays pretty calm, but it's also the highest in the league. Okay, for Bennett Conlon, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of whatever day you're watching this on. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.